0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. Once again, I'm your host, Pat King, a contributor at Years to Feed. Today on the show, we welcome Micah Nelson, who records music under the name Particle Kid. Last week, Nelson released his most ambitious project yet, the sprawling epic double album Time Capsule. The album is a psychedelic genre-hopping adventure, mixing elements of 60s acid pop, country, and heavy rock, and features collaborations from artists like Jim James, Sean Ono Lennon, Jay Mascus, Margot Price, and his father, Willie Nelson. To match the scope of the music, Nelson also created a super limited edition time capsule made of hempcrete for fans to fill with their own memories. It also includes a thumb drive containing the album, unique artwork and videos, hemp seeds cultivated by Nelson himself, and a concert ticket to a Particle Kid show dated 20 years from now. In this conversation, we discuss Nelson's inspiration behind Time Capsule and this ambitious packaging, the massive influence of his father's rebel spirit on his own creativity, discovering the flaming lips as a kid and how his current tour with them is a dream come true, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. What's up? How you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm I'm uh, I'm just at home uh, editing a a video for a new single we're putting out next month. Oh, nice. Uh, w- what song from the album? Um, it's called um, "All One Day Shadow of the Sun." It's got um it's got my dad on it and uh, Jim James from My Morning Jacket on it. Uh, we recorded it during quarantine (laughs) at the pedernales studio literally you know the shit was hitting the fan and we're like this was march 2020 and we were about to do the annual luck reunion festival and uh, i thought oh let's go in a week ahead and go into the studio and track some stuff with the band and um you know literally while we're in the midst of this it was like oh man maybe you guys should go home a week early because i don't know if you'll be able to fly home if you don't go now so um but those those that that week we were in there it was really nice to have the distraction of focusing on being creative and being together and and uh staying sane that way um in the midst of so much chaos and and uncertainty um but yeah this this track um we're gonna we're gonna i don't know if i'm i'm supposed to say it yet i mean is this gonna come out before march 22nd
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so I, I think i think we're gonna try and line it up with the album you know okay release so I, I i think it should be okay
1: okay yeah so i'm i'm working on this uh we're, we're gonna put this video out along with uh Uh, another song we did in that session uh, American life that my dad sang on as well and played on. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm putting together a little mini film sort of showing the making of the hemp Creek time capsules, um, that I'm doing for this project. And, uh, so it'll be a nice big blast out download of what, what we're doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to kind of go back and just talk about the record time capsule, uh, you know, as, as this whole thing, I mean, you, you were talking about kind of getting together with, with your dad and Jim James in the studio and, um, kind of it, from what it sounds like, it, it was kind of like a very, a very casual, you
1: know, kind of meetup. Um, well, it was actually remote. Um, Oh, wow. My dad, I was with my dad because you're in Texas, but, um, Jim was, you know, probably in LA. I think he was in LA. Um, but, uh, that was, you know, not just Jim and I had been talking about collaborating for a while, but also it it was just sort of, you know, uh, it it was born out of this need to connect to, you know, we're all isolated and, um, you know, Jim and I were just talking about our, mental health and everything and i was like hey why don't you sing on this song i'm doing it could be a creative thing for us to to focus on and also um jim and my dad and i both have birthdays in the month of april uh-huh. and uh you know this song all one day it's it's kind of about how you know every day is your birthday because you know in outer space uh there are no days and nights you know our whole life is just one day really um, and it just seems like lots of days because it's our relative perspective of being on this finite sphere, rotating a, a light source, you know, and otherwise it's, yeah. it's just all the same day, you know, it's, it's, it's all our birthday all the time. And um, just that sort of cosmic idea perspective. And uh, and I thought, oh, that that would be kind of cool and cosmic, uh, cosmically fitting for Jim and, and my dad and I all sing this song together. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would have loved to have us all in the studio together. Um, that was, you know, that that's actually, uh, a lot of this record was, was, um, just me, you know, (laughs) in my room or in a hotel room or in the garage or in a studio somewhere. Um, and, and then sending the song to somebody like, Hey, you want to do something, you do your thing on here yeah um,
0: i i guess like did the need i mean there are a lot of guest appearance uh, appearances on this record um from people like yeah like jim james uh sean lennon jay mascus um i i guess did those guests kind of fit the need of the sprawl or did it sprawl like after you just kind of throw through those out de- like ideas out there to get these people on board
1: um maybe a little of both yeah um yeah i i think i think a lot of it was was wanting to stay connected with friends and you know also just expand my universe and and uh collaborate with artists that i like and and i also for some reason i remember thinking it would be funny to have on the back of the album like every song has a feet so and so you know like (laughs) a lot of rap albums or 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 like dance tracks or whatever they have like you know whatever the title is and then feet so and so and like every song sometimes has that i thought that would be kind of funny to like you know just how how many people could i fit on this album I, i thought that would just be a fun sort of maximalist idea of like You know not not just as a way to just alchemically see what came out of it but um you know mixing all these different people together and on the same album that that seemed like they you know would never be on an album together um but but also you know um i feel like everyone that i collaborate with on this record and who's featured You know i feel connected to musically even if they are just from completely different sonic universes or whatever have totally different fan bases um as an artist i i I draw from all of those places and i thought well it would actually make perfect sense to do this on on a particle kid album and on this this record in particular um to 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 bring all those audiences to the same place. Um, and, and, uh, you know, like a Margot price fan might, might not have ever heard of, um, Dinosaur junior or, or, uh, you know, (laughs) the nerfs or like (laughs) my friend Eric Sullivan or, you know, Paul Bushnell or, or Sonny war, um, you know, I, I like cross-pollinating um, artists that, that seem like you know this idea of being separated by genre. I think is bullshit. Um, it's it's all just music, and uh, there's there's probably something about every genre of music that I can appreciate. You know, some element. of of every type of music however you want to categorize it like there's an artist in there that's been put in that box that i'm like oh i like that and so um how do you combine all those things is is one of the questions i think i ask a lot in my writing and uh just approach in general so it's just another iteration of that yeah exploration
0: the record like i was saying before it has this you know gigantic cinematic sprawl to it and and you can kind of i I see what you mean it has this kind of like kaleidoscope radio you know turning of the radio dial kind of aspect
1: that's a good word yeah and
0: and, um like you were saying before that you know the record is called times time capsule and with the first 20 copies of the record if i'm right if if i'm saying this right uh you're making these kind of 20 limited edition time capsules that fans can kind of you know use to their own
1: discretion
0: and and uh for this art project that you
1: It's cl- it's it, you almost got it. Um yeah. you, you got it surrounded there. Um so there I'm I've I've made these 20 time capsules out of a um an industrial material called hempcrete which is made out of the cannabis hemp plant the, the woody core of the, the inner stock of the plant is mixed with um it's it's chopped up and it's mixed with um a lime and water and it's, it makes this mortar that is indestructible and fireproof and lasts a thousand years and is completely biodegradable sustainable um and i've always been um outspoken about the benefits of of uh you know cannabis in general, but particularly the the millions of uses of industrial hemp um, to phytoremediate soil to sequester carbon. You know that's a whole conversation in itself. But I thought, how can I introduce my love of this into this sort of long form, time based art project? And um, it all sort of came together. Um, Around the ideas of of, uh, when we were quarantining in the studio, I started thinking about like, wow, you know, what we're doing right now, I'm going to remember this forever. And we're, we're, I feel so lucky we're able to sort of capture this in, in songs and an album. And and I'm like, it's like a time capsule, you know, we're going to be able to visit this later and listen to it and feel like we were there. And it's like, yeah, I guess music is sort of the closest thing we have to time travel and, and every album an artist makes, it's like a time capsule in a way. I I
0: think, I think that's probably why they shoot it into space, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was what we wanted to do for a while. We were like, okay, we're going to make these time capsules. And, uh, we, we were talking about, we're going to make a 14 inch hemp resin, record you know um, with the the whole album on it and like the golden Voyager record we're gonna shoot it out in space with a time capsule and um, you know I, I always have these ideas that are like insane and then, and then the people around me who are smarter and more realistic are like uh, okay but then like it'll eventually sort of ground out into something more doable so what we're going to do now is, um, and, and I'm glad because I think ultimately um, it would have been too expensive and, and uh, not maybe not as effective. Um, but the idea now is I have, you know, I have these time capsules. They're like these, they look like ancient dragon eggs from <laughs> Mars or something. And um, inside of each one will be a, a, a thumb drive with, all of the content, you know, the music, the visuals, the, the videos, all kinds of stuff. And a bag of organic hemp seeds that I've cultivated myself. I grow a lot of the hemp that I've been using myself. And, um, and then also a ticket to the concert in 20 years. So if you have one of these tickets, you've got general admission to every particle kid show in the year 2042. Um, So it's something to, to stay alive about, you know, um, (laughs) I feel like we need things to look forward to um, these days. And um, so, so that's inside of every one of these 20 time capsules, 10 of them, um, we're not sure exactly how we're going to do it yet. We want to maybe like auction them off somehow or have them pre-order or some kind of thing. But then I was like, well, I don't want it to just be accessible to, to people with lots of money. Um, So, so the other 10 um, it's more of a chance based way to acquire them where in 10 of 10 random cds um there will be hidden these time tokens where if you find one of these uh you it's like you've got you found a time token and then on the back there's a little code and you scan that and it's redeemable for one time capsule um and and i actually oh the other thing that's going to be inside of these um these 10 time capsules is uh when I was in the studio over quarantine, uh, mixing a bunch of these songs with with my friend Steve Shady, I I was just doing a lot of stream of consciousness drawings on this legal pad, and when I finished one, I'd kind of line it up with the next one and connect them, and then and then keep going, and so it just became this. If you if you connected them all together, it'd just be this scroll, this one long drawing. <laughs> so I separated them, and and in in each one is going to be a different one of these sketches. So if you know if these people who acquire the time capsules at some point, you know, they ever got together, they could stick their their drawings together, and it would it would make one long drawing. Um, that's so, and that's that's general. That's it. That that's that's basically. The, the premise. <laughs> it's so
0: wild. I mean, it's such, it's such a big, big admirable concept. I, I feel it. it's, it's such a great idea. And immediately when Thank I you. was, yeah, you're welcome. Um, when I was kind of reading up on it, it, it really, and, and kind of hearing you talk about, um, especially how we talk about time and, and kind of how we view it. Um, it made me think of this recent um, interview that the music writer Chuck Klosterman gave about a book that that he wrote called the '90s. And in the interview, he said that the '90s are the last decade, like the last definable era. Yeah, because because now with with just the way technology moves, um, you know, we don't really have specific cultural things to grasp to because all all, right. all the barriers of genre you know
1: and the democratization of all of the media too right right yeah I,
0: I guess um you know doing a project like this and and kind of pointing to a specific era or or kind of making a marking in time in, in some way i i guess how and and being familiar with your music and knowing how you want to kind of break down these barriers between genre, I guess, like, how do you feel about time in that sense? And do you feel that the nineties are the last era? <laughs> do you, do you think we're, we're era right now?
1: That's a, that's a loaded question. Um, a really good question. I've always felt like that. Yeah. Like, um, you know, how do you define, the 21st century, like the decades, like the the tens and now the twenties, um, as anything other than kind of chaotic. Um, I mean, every decade's pretty chaotic in its own way, but like, like you're saying, you know, before the year 2000, we, we had, we had these media outlets that were like, you know, you could have a, a more, collective cultural experience um, that was like, you know, I mean, it, it progressively became less so leading up to the turn of the century where, like, you know, when our parents all heard, you know, when when Led Zeppelin's first record came out or like when, when the Beatles went on Ed Sullivan, you know, everybody saw that. And so everybody had that shared cultural moment. And they all talked about it at school the next day. And it was like, you know, now it's so fragmented and it's, it's like the, the fractal has, has, has completely um, exploded, you know, and that's really cool. But it's also, I think it, it's, it has this sense of feeling um, untethered to the, the, the cultural moment or something. And, um, I think that was inevitable with, with the internet and, and how media has completely, that's just the whole paradigm has shifted. I think it's, it's literally changed our, 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 our minds, you know, and how we experience time. And, um, yeah, where it's going is, is like, it's really hard to say, but I do think it's important to have these sort of plot points to to ground us in time, because even though, you know, back then, before the, the turn of the, the millennium, all of that was really just an illusion anyway, you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're floating around in, in the infinite void and um, we're, we're hardly, you know, thank God for gravity. Um, Cause we're really not in control or tethered to anything. And, um, you know, our, our, even our own identities, you know, whatever we think that is, is so, flimsy and um i think i think in order to sort of maintain our sense of like self in relation to the universe on a timeline we need these these shared experiences we need to feel connected um and you know maybe that's Maybe that's what spirituality is like. If you, it's obviously a really hard to define thing. But if you were to say it's your your sense of self in relation to the rest of the universe on a timeline, you know, um, you need you need to kind of uh, feel like you're part of the pattern somehow, <laughs> um, you know, and and. Uh, I think, you know, with this, with this record and this project, this, uh, this art piece, whatever it's sort of an, it's an experiment in, you know, like maybe trying to find highlight the the best parts of, of how sort of liberated media has become and and genreless music has become and and how how much uh people have more and more like embraced uh genres that you know back when it was a super unifying quote unquote collective experience it actually in in a lot of ways divided people too um you know there was a lot of there there still exists a lot of this like tribalism around music and and getting so caught up in identity around the type of music you listen to and the type of music they like. And, and, uh, um, you know, music is like food. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, you're not wrong because you hate tomatoes, you know, it's just like, or you, you love asparagus. You're not wrong. It's just like, Oh, it's not, it's not for me, but, but that's cool. We're still, we're still, P, you know, complex systems uh, at the edge of chaos, having a human experience and uh, you know there's there's plenty to relate on <laughs> yeah. if we you know if we want to. Um, I'm not sure where uh, ultimately it's going, but um yeah, I, I i think I think it was also out of this sense of wanting to preserve you know if there if there is any kind of defining thing about this time maybe in hindsight it's easier to see it and so let's let's try to capture it and consciously like have the intention of this is a moment in time that we're going to we're going to look back on and and be conscious of that you know cuz maybe in the in the 60s 70s 80, 80s 90s you know, we all, you know, people felt like we're living in crazy times, but maybe it, it was harder to sort of define each decade um, in, in, until you were in the next decade looking back, you know, right. and and decades, they bleed into each other, too. Um yeah. So I, ma- maybe it's always been crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I,
0: I I think if there is one, <laughs> if there is one positive thing about how connected we all are and and social media in general is is just kind of understanding, un- understanding more of of what people are going through on a day to day basis and and kind of the cultural acceptance of of the way the different ways that people live their lives. And I, I think, yeah, maybe that's something that was. That was, I mean, surely that was something that was missing back in the 60s and 70s. And that's probably what drew so many lines in so many regards. I, I feel like now we can just know, you know, um, the social advances in, in a matter of moments, you know, just by opening your phone. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's, I mean, that's something that's can be used for good and evil. And I, I think we're seeing now that, you know bad actors are are in control of a lot of it but i i feel like that in in its in its infant stages and in its most naive stages that was something that really kind of you know put our i i guess you know created a lot of empathy with a lot of people just being able to understand people's way of lives you know that instantaneously and it's it's yeah. it's it's something that you you bring up on that uh that final song on on the album the the duet with 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 your dad willie uh american life you know uh talking about you, you can't define an american life um was that kind of the larger concept that you were kind of going for with that song
1: um yeah i i think so yeah more or less um i think that's that's maybe uh, my favorite thing about American life is, you know, um, while, I, while I, I, I do appreciate the homogeny of, of cultures and traditions and, you know, I, I, I don't like how you know, uh, a lot of cultural identities can be sort of assimilated or taken over into corporate identities around the world and in a sort of corporate global takeover type of way. Um, But just the idea, you know, like all of that aside, just the idea of people who are living different realities almost um, or, or Literally, you know, if you're looking at it from a, 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 you know, hypothalamic cortex, whatever sort of model of the universe way, like, yeah, literally different phenomenological realities sometimes still having respect for each other, recognizing each other um, and, and supporting each other and, and having empathy for each other and and collaborating and, and recognizing the, you know, when you, when you look at soil, <clears throat> the healthiest, most thriving soil has an abundance of diversity of microbiology going on. You know, the healthiest gardens are not these mono agricultural, you know, one crop that just depletes the soil and, and is requiring all kinds of toxic chemicals in order to maintain itself. Uh, you know, it's, it's like the most, the nat- the most natural abundant garden or, or farm has a, a huge diversity going on and there's an unstoppable power um, an unstoppable resilience to you know just thinking of human beings as as expressions of nature which I do um, you know we're just sharing information and growing and evolving and I think, you know, a key to our survival is is to align with the same level of, of healthy competition that exists in nature um, in, in a state of interconnectivity um, and being however unique you are um, and recognizing, you know, everyone's Right to to the freedom of of self determination, um, and hopefully without being coerced by some higher authority. Um, you know, as long as you're bringing no harm, and that's that's like um, I think there are, are as as divided and polarized as you know, like you say, he's bad actors wielding technology have attempted to um you know divide and conquer us i think there there is a silent majority that can agree on these basic fundamental things that we value and um i think that song it was really a kind of a stream of consciousness um I wasn't thinking too much about like, what am I saying with this? You know, it was kind of just like these words feel right and sounds right. And it feels like what I'm feeling right now. And, uh, I think the best stuff sometimes is not so on the nose and, and can be interpreted and applied to your own life and your own, uh, way of seeing things. Um, but, sort of uh connected by this this idea of of like you know we can we can try to define ourselves but you know uh, um, america is is uh it's a it's a it's a rainbow of colors it's not a you can't you can't put it in a box you know um it's like rock and roll you know you can't put rock and roll in a box it, it's gonna rebel <laughs> yeah. if you try to do that it's you know it's died a million times and come back comes back to life in some new body every time yeah it's uh, I, 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 it's indestructible.
0: like some of the most punk rock records i know are hip-hop records
1: (laughs) Fuck yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean i think of like you know speaking of my dad when he made redheaded stranger right in the in the context of of you know overproduced nashville rhinestone you know like establishment that was a punk record it was just totally raw and like
0: a record like spirit or something like that, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that record. Really? Yeah.
0: Just like the jazz playing on that is, is just phenomenal, you know?
1: Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not just a country star. Like, it's funny that, you know, I, I understand why, why he's been, um, sort of culturally in that realm, sort of uh, image wise. And, you know, he came from that. Um, but, he's always kind of rebelled against that. And, and just naturally, because he, he can't be, he can't be defined (laughs) either. You know, he's like, he's so many different things. He's jazz blues, you know Um, he, he can get really far out and he, he's like, you know it, I mean growing up I, I didn't quite realize it as much as I do now. you know I, I didn't appreciate it as deeply I couldn't when I was younger of how 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 open he, he really is to just music and and um, and you know it, not not being tied down.
0: Yeah, I mean, he made a reggae record. <laughs> you
1: know, I mean, and it's great yeah it's awesome um, some people would argue "Oh, that's not really reggae or whatever i don't, I don't you know i don't know how do you define that exactly like reggae came out of guys in jamaica the only uh channel they could get a lot of the time on their radio was the country music station mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so yeah. a lot of that you know it's a mashup of all kinds of roots things um from jamaica but you know, the, a lot of the storytelling and the, these, these ideas came, they they were drawn from country music too, back in the day. So yeah. everything, it, it informs everything else all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess speaking of, of, you know, growing up with, with Willie Nelson as your father, I mean, that's just like a, an insane resource and in empathy, as you were saying, you know, it, kind of tracing his career, you know, he was a hit maker in country music and then, uh, you know, his Austin period, you know, he, he kind of created this new persona. Um uh, well maybe I have the timing wrong on that, but, um, but, but yeah, it, I mean, I guess looking at was, was that, was having him as a resource in that regard, was that kind of your awakening to be able to, you know pull in these different genres of music or did you have other artists that you looked to in that regard who kind of blew your mind to the possibilities on what you could do on a record
1: um yeah definitely all of the above i mean there was a period there where i was really um you know actively disassociating what i was doing from from willie nelson you know um out of necessity, not because I wasn't proud of it, or I didn't, you know, love my father and his music. I grew up playing in his band, you know. Um, but I knew that um, if I, you know, just kind of recognizing myself um, and what what I loved and, you know, my, my place on the timeline, how that was unfolding and, and the kind of music and art and expression that resonated with me, you know um a lot of that was stuff that that my my dad you know just can't relate to or didn't relate to for whatever reason um he didn't you know he grew up in the 30s you know <laughs> in the 40s i grew up in the 90s you know it's like totally different realities and um so we're, we're, we're different products of our of our time um even though they're they they're stuff we just both love and and uh But, um, yeah, I mean, I think for a long time I had this period where, you know, in like beginning of high school where, where anything, you know, anything after 1976 was just not interesting to me. Like it just, (laughs) it wasn't good or it wasn't real or something. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I eventually got over that. But, um, you know, we, we sort of move through these chapters where certain things really resonate with us and they inform our, our, uh, our sort of musical awakenings. You know, that was right around the time where music starts to be really, it starts to become important in a different way when you're a teenager um and uh i think around the end of high school was was when internet music really started you know just like indie music that you weren't hearing on the on the radio started to 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 kind of hold weight and and be sort of taking over um And I had been ignorant of it for a a while. Um, Even in the beginning of like the MySpace era, I just like, you know, uh, I didn't realize how many young bands there were that were, were doing things with music that, um, subconsciously i wanted to be doing but i didn't think maybe like i was allowed to do that you know like or you know i i I was like i was playing drums in my brother's band and i was i was into filmmaking and animation and um you know drawing that was what i was going to do i was going to be i was the artist you know i was going to make films and I was the the neon sheep of the family and I loved music, you know, and I had kind of my own little world, but I've always lived in my own little world um, in, in the dynamic of my family in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, my, my biggest musical contributions at the, for a long time were drumming in my brother's band. And, you know, occasionally I'd, play bass or sing backups on recordings that we would do in the in the in our jam room as we were learning music together and uh it took me a long time to to uh realize that i you know i i was even like allowed to write my own songs you know it was like no oh, your brother he's the songwriter you know he's the guitar player that's his identity and you're the weirdo who makes art and <laughs> you know weird sounds and stuff um and uh movies you know but but then i'm trying to think you know there, there were a lot of bands that i got really into um animal collective was one of them um, Radiohead discovered Radiohead around that time and um, you know there was all this stuff in the 90s that was great in the, in the 80s that I had come to appreciate um, but I was still in this place of like you know I, 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 was, I did not think of myself as a songwriter or, or a singer at all um, at that time uh, Arcade Fire got really big I had a big of Montreal phase flying Lotus, Aphex twin neutral milk hotel, which had been around for a while, but I think really got its due later. Um, Deer hoof. I mean, you know, these were bands that like did not exist on the radio. And so I was just like, music today sucks. Like I have nothing to say about it. You know, it's like, the only things on the radio are so derivative and I just feel nothing from them. It's, it just feels like you're at Walmart walking around, you know, every time you hear the radio, I'm like, God, my generation sucks. And I think that's probably why I, I went way back and, and got really into sixties and seventies music. Um, and then, you know, uh, then, then with the internet, it was just like, Oh, Holy shit. This is all happening right now. You know? And then, and then when I discovered the flaming lips too, um, I think I, I was, uh, it's kind of a trippy story. Actually. I was, I was looking around at the store, like not having any idea what to get, you know, I'm like, I want to try to find something cool and new. Um, and, uh, there was this random lady that appeared. I don't know where she came from. She's like, you should check out the flaming lips. I think you'd like the flaming lips. You know, a lot of young people like the Flaming lips. And I was like, okay. And and there was a, it was a DVD of, uh, UFOs at the zoo. It was their live show at the Oklahoma city zoo. I was like, okay, I'll try this one. Even, even watching it, you know, on a laptop with headphones, it just completely changed my, my life and my whole understanding of the time I was living in. And granted, like I was living on Maui most of the time, which is the most isolated place in the world. You know, that is a island in the middle of the Pacific. Um, you know, back then there was, there was kind of a metal scene on the island that was pretty good for a while, but a lot of it was like Joayan reggae or like grateful dead tribute bands, you know, as far as I knew. And I was sort of too young to really go explore scenes if there was anything happening. Um, but you know, it was like a big small town in the middle of the ocean basically. So I was not accessing, um, what was happening in a lot of places and, and and like to see that there was a band that was doing the, the insane shit that the flaming lips were doing you know like their live shows like coming down a ufo and like wayne in the bubble and like and the songs are like profound and the, the you know they're just so psychedelic i'm like how is there a band that is so psychedelic and cool right now in in this this day and age and they're like they're they're still there they're like i could go see them I'm like holy shit you know and it just got me really excited about um also the songs you know being about like a lot of the time these really weird random things but somehow they become profound and make you feel like you're gonna be okay and uh i
0: yeah yeah the flaming lips are are one of my favorite bands, and and they're a band I've I've been writing about a lot actually, and and kind of ex- going going and doing these deep dives into their records, and I, I think you're right. I, I think with Wayne's lyrics, there is this kind of I don't know, like you almost you're almost emotionally exhausted after hearing a song like "The Gash" or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's a it's a journey. It's
1: a roller coaster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I actually just saw you, um, you know, play twice with them on this tour. Um, I I guess, you know, getting to know Wayne now and after, after discovering that band, I I guess, getting to know Wayne and Steven, I, I guess, have you learned any lessons from them? Have you kind of gained any, any wisdom from them?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I love those guys like, like older brothers or something at this point. Um, You know, um, I feel like I've learned a lot from them even before I knew them, to be honest, just, you know, with, with songs, songwriting, I mean, hearing their songs was, it was one of the moments that was profound for me and that I, I realized that I can write songs, you know, like I, I can write songs about this, you know, before that I just in the, what was kind of around me, I I didn't, you know, I felt so alienated from a lot of it. And like, I was too weird or something like, you know, I, uh, and, and, uh, to see a band playing for these big audiences and singing about really weird shit that (laughs) I, i was like oh man you can write a song about anything you know and and like it's amazing and um i think one of the things that you know the flaming lips have have taught me um as well as as other bands you know just kind of as i started to delve into this realization of the power of songs you know like seeing like um Roger Waters concert, for instance. Um, <laughs> I've seen his show like three or four times, and somehow every time i'm I'm with my mom and we're both on Weed Edibles. like this <laughs> seems to be a recurring theme. It's almost like a tradition or something. but um, you know, recognizing like just his show is so amazingly theatric and epic and you know, it's this visual ride and, and, but, you know, realizing that, imagine if the music that was playing right now, imagine if the songs he was singing were like, not these timeless songs. You know, I'm like, he could be up there just with an acoustic guitar playing this stuff and we'd all be singing along. You know, it would be tapping into these deep places and these memories for us of hearing these songs and certain, you know, uh, formative times of our life and all that, you know, it, it without that, it's like a, just a, it's a cool psychedelic light show, you know, with interesting ideas, but you're going to forget about it in a week. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not going to stay with you as this pivotal thing. The songs are really, you know, you could you could get all into just experimenting with sonic explorations and and weird sounds and textures and like I love that stuff and I, I did it for a long time and uh, and I, I still do but at one point I realized like man like this stuff is is. You know, if if I want to make this, um, you know, a, a an outlet, if I wanted to make you know Particle Kid an outlet for all of this stuff that I love, you know, film, artwork, animation, all of this stuff, um, it has to be surrounding. You know, the, the music is the, the sort of engine, the fuel of all of it. And and the only thing that keeps the, the spaceship going is songs. You know, the songs are like the vessels for all of this stuff to live and have a purpose, have context within. And if you don't have great songs, you can do that. You know, you can do it all your whole life and you can make some really cool stuff. But But at least for me, like the song is the, the heart of it. And, and if it, if it's not there, it can be the simplest thing too. You know, it's just, if it's, if you can't go out there and play your songs, just you and a piano or you and a guitar, I think, I think you've got some disadvantages, you know, I think you got work to do. And so I started focusing a lot more on, can I do that? Can I go out and, play a set of music for, for people with just a guitar and and have them be engaged and to feel like, like you're saying, like you've just gone through an emotional experience, you know, a journey just with melody. And, you know, there's a lot of complexity that comes out of a human being playing an instrument and, and singing. And, um, you know, uh, so since since maybe 2011 or so, especially, uh, I started really recognizing that less is more. And, you know, like, yeah, Wayne and Stephen are, are uh, an example of that. Neil is another really big inspiration of that, of serving the song keeping it simple it's all about feel yeah yeah and 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 so and and then you know full circle like my dad has always just naturally done that you know he he's like he's a master at doing that at taking taking a few words and saying a million words and doing a few licks and 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 just you know just a few notes <laughs> and that's all you need so that that's that that's the code that is the code to unlock the heart right there those few notes if you'd played just a couple more notes or whatever it might have sounded more technically impressive or whatever but it would be the wrong code that's not the password you know yeah, yeah it's this note and that note and and played with feeling like that that's the code that unlocks the dungeon you know and so those those ideas have uh have taken me on a a, a musical evolution um and uh, arrived at that that this record at, at this point i mean i'm, I'm always writing I've got the next, you know, couple records already that I'm thinking about. But um but yeah, I'm very very excited to share this project with everyone. Yeah. See where it goes.
0: It's it's funny you bring up Neil because I, I feel like you know, while they're close a little close in age, like I, I feel like um like your dad and Neil are, are both very kindred spirits in in kind of how adventurous they are and and just how they've been willing to do whatever they want with their careers in some respects. Um, have you kind of made the introduction with your dad to the Flaming Lips? Like has or or any of these kind of like someone like Kevin Barnes of, of Montreal or like Deerhoof? Have you have you made like any of those? have you shown him any of those records or any of these, these bands like that who are kind of experimentalists in that regard?
1: Um, <sighs> um, a little bit. I, you know, like I know him so well that like, I know what he'll, he, he's, he's really, um, he he will latch on to a good lyric and that will resonate with him, a good lyric, you know, um, a great musician, um, a great song, a great melody, you know, um, and then at the same time, like, he'll surprise me, like, uh, I'll never know. I'll, I'll never know quite exactly what will resonate with him. You know, I think, Oh, he's not going to like this because it's not, you know, uh, a country song. You know, he, he listens to mostly Willie's roadhouse, you know, um, or like Django, you know, he has the, the things that he loves, you know, classic country and jazz and he loves Sinatra. He's got his kind of palette that he, he really resonates with. And, uh, you know, sometimes i'll 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 show him something uh and uh i just know he's gonna really love it you know like i i turned him on to sturgill simpson um or like uh billy strings you know Um, there are certain worlds that i know he's gonna really resonate with but then again like i remember you know playing him a rough mix of of uh it was from window rock the song backwards and it's it's just really like noisy intense like you know <laughs> distorted kind of psych punk song or something and um and he he loved it he thought it was great <laughs> so I, you know <laughs> i never know you know i never really know um but i i should i should uh i should send him stuff more just be like check this out you know even if i i know he's like he's gonna sort of just cock his head (laughs) like he's not gonna maybe uh, get where it's coming from you know the thing about my dad is like in the 50s in texas that was the entire universe in a lot of ways you know like when he when he covered the beatles yesterday that was really provocative and controversial right you know that was hippie music like you didn't do that you know that was long hair music like you have to realize that he really um was radical in a lot of ways and you know but at the same time he he also missed out a lot of cultural things that you know to us are like well well yeah like like we did um um Karen O uh, hit me up asking if, like, that she did a cover of uh, "Under Pressure," you know, Bowie and Freddie Mercury, and and seeing if if my dad could sing it with her. And um, I'm like, oh, this will be fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he'd never even heard that song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it sounds unfathomable to you and me. Like, well, it's it's under pressure. You know, I mean. He just, he didn't, he never heard it. So, you know, I'm like showing him the song and teaching him the song, and, you know, it, he, he killed it. It was great. And I'm glad he'd never heard it because his approach to it was so him, you know, it was so, you know, anybody else would have tried to copy uh, Bowie or something and sing it in that phrasing. And like, but there's something to his idiosyncratic. Christ- idiosyncrasy um, that it, it makes everything he does instantly recognizable as, as him. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, there's just certain things that, like, if you don't know the cultural context of it, like, and you play it for him, he, he's probably not going to get it, you know? Right. It's like, unless it, unless it's something that just immediately cuts and jumps off as like, I completely understand this. Even if I was an alien and I landed here and, you know, I heard this song, you know, I wouldn't need to have anyone explain anything to me. Like, that's great. You know, those are the kind of things that I, I like to to show him because I know he'll, he'll get it. Um, and uh, there's there's something kind of beautiful about that too where like it filters out a lot of phoniness or a lot of bullshit where it's like you know if this piece of music can stand on its own without ever you know seeing them live or you know having heard their record as a kid or anything like that if you hear this thing and you're like I love that I mean that's that's powerful and i think i think probably <laughs> there are a lot of flaming lip songs that i could play for him or you know they're just universal enough to where it's like oh that's great you know i don't know if i've ever played him like do you realize but i will i will now i, I, I think I, he'd love that song
0: i could see him covering that song he right? should do that yeah you're right or, we should or do that Or song. song like summertime or something like that off yoshi yeah yeah. yeah 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 um yeah, I ask because, Definitely. yeah, like at, at the end of American Life, like it, I thought it was so great. I, I almost like became overcome with emotion after hearing it, but just hearing him laugh, you know, kind of after the take, you know, yeah. I just, you know, it, it got me so curious just because like, you know, I, I could just imagine you introducing him some of the songs on this record and him having that reaction
1: so yeah yeah that oh man that was my favorite thing about quarantine really was getting the time to have those kind of interactions and moments where usually we're both on tour or somewhere we you know we don't have a lot of time to just sit and make music together and share things and like that was the first time for me where i felt like collaborating with him felt really organic and like you know inviting him and him in my songs and my world you know i felt like i was at a point with songwriting where you know i felt like well this song this song can can hold up to the standard that i had described earlier you know he'll get this and and he'll be like oh i see i see where i can live in there you know and um oh, it was so much fun because like you know american life it's it's not a complex complicated song um you know it's just a couple chords but like it does get pretty weird and do unexpected things and he he just he loved that he totally played with that and uh, had a great time and that laugh i knew was, it had to that had to be the the last thing you hear on the record it just uh sums it up
0: yeah it's really so beautiful it's such a beautiful moment um so so i guess what's next Uh, so the record the record is coming out the concept is being launched um are are you going out on the road are you are you doing a tour
1: yeah we're um we're going um this month we're playing the luck reunion which will be a trip because that was the festival that we were about to play when covid hit and uh um, so this will be the first time where it hasn't been a, a virtual thing in the past couple of years. Um, and I'm going to be playing with my dad and his band and, uh, supporting him for, uh, that show and a couple shows after that. And then as far as particle kid, uh, we're going out with the flaming lips again, um, April 25th to March 9th, we'll be doing a West coast run <laughs> Um, which is right after the record comes out, so that'll be super fun. I miss those guys
0: oh awesome yeah it was it was yeah. so great seeing you come out with them and and play with them that was it was such a highlight of the show. It was
1: so awesome is a highlight of highlight of my life too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah uh, I, I, every time I'm up there, I'm like you know my my fourteen year old self watching UFOs <laughs> at the zoo and having my mind blown is is like, you know, speaking of time capsules and, you know, interacting with ourselves in time. It's like, I feel like what is happening now, I was daydreaming about back then, you know, it's like, that's the future I want to have. How can I align myself now to work on myself to kind of, get you know fall into this flow of arriving there in time into the future you know and so it's it's a great feeling because here i am
0: hell yeah well mike i think i think that's a perfect place to end (laughs) thanks thanks so much it was it was Uh, awesome meeting you
1: (laughs) yeah likewise patrick thank you all right take care man take care bye